It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, October 11th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that has a lineup for this Philadelphia Flyers team, Russ. So far. I don't know if it's the real lineup. Yeah, we will get to that, plus our goals for the season and how to judge them, and your mailbag questions, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at our Miriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We as a show are on Twitter, Instagram threads, Blue Sky at Locked On Flyers as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details you can find us over on youtube or on the series xm app anywhere you listen to podcasts subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the lockdown podcast network your team every day russ the philadelphia flyers roster is done question mark yes i think that's correct <laughs> is where we're getting at here. Of course, they had to release a final roster for the league rules. And uh, Bobby Brink and Emil Andre make the final cut here. So far. Yes. Well, for the- Brink is safe. Emil Andre is probably not safe. That's my that's my gut feeling. I feel like Ristolainen is going to all of a sudden uh, on Thursday be healthy and he's going to be the guy that's in there. Then. Then it's a matter of, at that point, do they feel safe sending Sandstrom down because all the goalies have passed? And if they feel safe, then Sandstrom will go down and he will make the team. But if not, then he won't make the team. And so it's like, to me, it's like it's on the edge for this guy. Right. I I think it will be interesting to see how all of that develops. Uh, You didn't mention Felix Sandstrom. And the Flyers carried three goalies in their final roster, much like we were talking about over the last week or so that they might end up doing that uh, to protect him uh, and, you know, maybe to cover for Carter Hart being sick, uh, according to the team. (laughs) Sorry, I feel a little sickness coming um, on. Considering five NHL teams uh, rostered three goaltenders, I think we can see what's going on there, right? Oh, yeah. It's a pattern. We know. We've been talking about it for a couple shows now. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the the fact that somebody was on IR uh, was not a huge surprise. Maybe a, maybe a small S surprise. There, the fact that it was Ristolainen, I think, you know, was a possibility given that we had heard he was banged up. But I think the fact that this was the way they chose to kind of end around the rules, so to speak, in order to protect everybody they wanted to, to keep everybody they wanted to at this point, um, you know, I I have to give them a little bit of a golf clap on this one just because it's good cap work right now. And yeah, you know, but we'll see how it ends up. That's that's where right now it's only the middle part of it. Yeah, so that's just part one, right, is figuring yes. out the machinations of the rule 
and doing everything you can to maximize your ability to to get what you want out of it. Um, then, you know, part two is going to be actually icing a lineup for yep. tomorrow's season opener. And we'll have a more in-depth preview of that game on tomorrow's show and, and get to that. But, you know, if we're looking at practice lines as indication and based on what was said by Danny Briere, this is a vet heavy lineup here where we have that fourth line that we've gotten used to now. Brink in on the top line with Couturier and Farabee and Tyson Forster appears to be the odd man out. Yeah, which I thought he would get in the opening day lineup. So I guess he'll be in the press box. Um, okay. I mean, I, you know, again, Putting Brink and Katori on the top line doesn't make sense to me. Maybe it's fool's gold. Maybe he's not going to actually do that. I don't think they're ready for that. I just, I don't think Katori is ready for that. Uh, you could give him all the respect you want, and I respect that part, but give it to him on the second or third line where right now that's the level he's playing at. Like, I just, you know, it's going to probably change during the game. You, you know, that's my guess. Yeah, it feels like this was just, let's try this out in practice. Yeah. And and see what we think. It's something they've done a little bit in the preseason with these combinations. They moved Brink up to that line at one point yeah. in the middle of one of the preseason games. So I wouldn't say that this is 100% locked down. It could be that these are who the personnel are and they'll switch them around a little bit. But uh, I, I do think there's a little wiggle room here on the forward side. Now, on the blue line side of things, we have York and Sanheim. And then Mark Stahl and Sean Walker as a pair. And then Zamula with Sealer, uh, the extra being Emil Andre and then Risto, who was skating in practice, which was good. Uh, but clearly that's the extra pairing, given that Risto is uh, not eligible to play in this. Um, or it, the chances of him playing are, are kind of 50-50 right now. Yeah, I'd say they're 50-50. Yeah, I think that's fair. So I, I think these pairings are fascinating because it's not the most effective pairings we have seen no. in the preseason. Uh, but again, I think you know Mark Stahl sat for a lot of those games. So if you're going to fit him in, maybe this is the way they feel like they need to do it. But we had seen Stahl with Sanheim um, and that seemed to go okay as well, too, because they complemented each other. I think a little bit better, but what do you think? Yeah. I, uh, all right. First off, let's answer John Tortorella. We've talked about Walker a lot. So saying you guys haven't talked about him, don't include us in that because we've talked about him a lot. Uh, probably not what he wants to hear either. Cause he said he had a good camp and I, I will disagree. I think there were moments of good, um, but he did not finish that camp strong at all. It was a terrible last game. Uh, him and stall makes no sense. It still makes no sense. It'll never make no. sense. I would rather see Walker with Sealer, so I know there's someone playing defense there, and then I'd rather see Zamula with Stahl, so I know he's getting tutored. I don't understand. Why is it? Why is that hard? Yeah, if you're going to keep York and Sanheim together as that top pairing, which yeah. I think is, you know, it's a valid choice. You know, I like Sanheim with Zamula, but I think York-Sanheim works um, as well then I agree with you. I think that's really what it needed to be. Uh, maybe things will switch up uh, for the game itself. Yeah, they want the right left wing, I get it, but he's used to switching up guys anyhow. So at this point, like, what's the difference? Yeah, I, I think with this blue line, you switch things up. Is that going to change things with 
you know, the dominant hand or not. I, I, I just don't think so. Uh, but no, I'm not that caught up on it. Yeah, I th- I do think this is the more critical side of things, and that's been our question this whole off season: is what is this yeah. blue line going to look like? And uh, you know, I guess as you famously like to say, is it rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, yeah. Russ? But it just doesn't seem like a a new strategy. It really doesn't, and it just I look at it and I say. The part that's being underserved here is you're really you're really limiting what Zamula might be able to do. And again, because right. Nick Sealer's a limiter. He's not going to really help you offensively. Now, it's not to say he can't get the puck up the ice, and we know he scores an occasional goal. But for the most part, that's not his game. This just tells me Torts not, is not even sure what Zamula is in his eyes. That's what it tells me. So he's just putting him in any kind of role. Yeah, I think. Torres has talked about Zamula having a good camp a lot, so clearly he's paid some level of attention. Oh, no, he's paid attention to him where he wouldn't be in the lineup. But, he, you know, is he a puck mover? Is he an offensive defenseman? What What is he, John? Because I don't think John knows. Well, that could very well be true. Um, but I, I do think this is there's going to be some experimentation this season, and you got to start somewhere, I guess. And so um, this is the lineup that we are potentially looking at. Again, things could change, but we're going to talk a little bit more about putting the veterans into the lineup this game versus you know having Tyson Forster in, having Emil Andre in, et cetera. Uh, and how that fits into the goals for next season coming up next. The NHL season's finally here. Will the Vegas Golden Knights reign supreme again? I love the NHL, and I know you do too. That's why I want to tell you about Sleeper. Sleeper's my go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you have the chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy. The NHL has never been more exciting than it is now with star players like Connor McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, Connor Bedard, and Cam McCarr, or Flyers players like Sean Couturier and Travis Konecny. Simply select more or less based on their stats, such as goals, assists, points, saves, and more. Yes, you heard me, Flyers fans. Sleepers offers 100 times payout, so start paying attention. Make the right picks, and you can win big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleepers terms for use for details. All right, so we will have our preview of our first regular season game on tomorrow's show. Very excited to talk about that. Getting back to this lineup that we're potentially looking at versus our goals for the season. We've talked about these, but now that we have a roster, I feel like we need to revisit them a little bit just Mm -hmm. to make sure that we're on track Mm -hmm. here. And the number one goal we have always talked about is prospect evaluation. This is a season where we have to figure out what we have in the various players that we have, not just prospects, but more more uh, concentrated on the prospects because simply because there's a lot of them, right? And we have right. to decide who is part of the Flyers' future in this rebuild um, relative to the strategy for this rebuild. And I think that, you know, you get a little nervous seeing a vet-heavy lineup in game one when you, everybody knows that this is, uh, or you should know, or most people know, that this is the number one goal for this Flyers season, right? Yeah, it's paramount. And yeah, we I just don't want the Flyers to be in this situation where things are going good early, like they're four and five, 
So Torts keeps the heavy veterans in, and, you know, Danny really isn't going to tell him not to. And so then you have a problem because then, you know, the younger, younger guys aren't getting in as much. They're getting less opportunity, and maybe they're only coming in on, like, the fourth line when they sit some of the older guys for that. And you're not seeing enough. I don't want it to be like last year where all of a sudden development became important after the trading deadline. It's got to be important all year long. Like, if, if you, you know, and it's up to the coach. He's going to have to balance this. You want to try and win with this lineup? That's fine. But win it with the young guys in there because you're losing for the future by playing the older guys now. You are. Right. And I think, you know, in all of this new era of orange talk and turning the page on a, a new Philadelphia Flyers here, while we do have information from the past on what John Tortorella is as a coach and a pattern of talking up a game about playing the young guys, but actually then playing the vets, we also have to consider the stated goals of the organization and say, okay, we have to do a hard reset here and give Tortorella a chance and say, you got a blank slate this season. Um, we know about those old patterns, but we're giving you a chance to change those patterns here. Right. And so I just want to make sure we're looking at patterns of behavior and not one game. Not Let's not look at this one opening night game, because I think there's a lot of other factors going on here, right? It's against Columbus, his old team. It's on the road. Yep. Ivan yep. Provorov is there, which was, yep. a, you know, I, I think Tortorella had a huge hand in him being traded yes. um, and, and leaving the organization. So I think that there, Torts is being given a, a very long leash in terms of what he does for this one game. And I think we should consider that before jumping to conclusions about a pattern. That's fine. Um, but again, it's like me. I could say, hey, you know what? I'm sick and tired of, like, let's say the New York Jets. I'm not going to be a fan anymore. And I'm sure I've said that once or twice, and then the season rolls around, I'm still a fan. Why? Because it's it's what I do. And And John does certain things. And he's changed a little bit over the years, but he hasn't really changed his coaching the mindset of his coaching. What he has changed is some of the habits. He's gotten a little easier on the players at times. Ones in camp will, will argue with you, but it's not all changed for John. And so, yeah, he's got to prove it to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think he does have to prove it in terms of this aspect of his coaching style. And I'm going to give him that chance. But when we see the pattern, I will also be right there saying, well, the, the pattern is back. You know, right. and I just want to give right. him the benefit of the doubt here because, no, that's fair. because I think Danny Briere and, you know, the rest of management have emphasized the other side of things so much. And they've also emphasized having multiple voices in the room. And right. so I, I think that we have to give them that shot and I will absolutely do it. And I, I'm but I will also recognize if if a pattern shows up that maybe doesn't align with that goal. Of prospect evaluation, um, I think you know. In yeah, a, I'm gonna hold you to that. Yeah, I absolutely will. Now, the other thing too is it's evaluating everybody. It's not just the prospects. So we have to really decide on guys on expiring contracts and decisions that are going to have to be made at the trade deadline in terms of do we do another year of selling um, at the right. trade deadline and what are the goals of the trade deadline in terms of 
return and are we going to be a little bit more stingy because we're further along in the rebuild now and so if we have a guy we like we're not just going to get rid of him to get a bunch of assets for no reason we're going to make sure it makes sense right like there's guys like right now at this point for torts nick sealer is very comfortable okay but the guys that you have pushing nick sealer have a much higher ceiling than nick sealer will ever have and you've got to give them that opportunity to do it same with mark Stahl. Yep. If you don't trade Mark Stahl at the deadline, something's wrong. So I do expect him to be traded. But those are two spots that should be open the, the minute the deadline's over or even beforehand. And if they're not, something's wrong. Unless you're in second place and you're fighting for a playoff spot, then something's wrong. Yeah, I think so. And then I think, you know, the general remit of being competitive. And I think that that's, you know, a part of John Tortorella hockey is – playing hard and being competitive in every game. And um, I think in order to get there, you know, they're going to have to improve the power play. They're going to have to get more scoring and they're going to have to do better on set plays. <laughs> and I think right. so that's, that's a huge so part that's of it. Thing. You just brought up something where you're, you're saying like being competitive and in his mind, it's probably the more bets I have, the guys who play my game, the more competitive I am, but he's probably not willing to look at, those other things that are failing, like the power play. Now, the penalty kill, I do think he's going to have more short up this year, and that's fine. Yeah. But the power play has been failing since last year, even before then. So it's like you can have anybody you want on it, and it could fail. And so it doesn't matter if it's young or old. Matter of fact, sometimes that's it's true. good to have a little youth on the power play because sometimes they'll they'll think a little differently. But in the end, that's something where that doesn't mean vets are going to help you on that. And so that's something where I, I hope the coaching staff looks at that because it's easy to say as a coaching staff, we're going to improve that. We haven't seen that in preseason. We haven't seen any improvement. Well, and that's where I think looking at the vets in a positive light helps out because if we have Cam Atkinson returning at a decent level of his ability and Joel Farabee steps it up on the power play, that could be a, a really powerful power play top unit there as long as it's deployed properly and we'll be able to figure that out pretty quickly yeah five to ten games and we'll have an idea yeah i think we'll be able to figure that out pretty quickly if this system is catering to those two in particular who should find really strong success on the power play yeah i mean again it's good to have sean couturier and joel and um cam atkinson back but they're really not the focus of the flyers anymore and shouldn't be like, I know that sounds harsh, but it's just the way that's just the case because Cam's not going to be here after this year. There'd be no reason to resign him. They're probably going to trade him. And Sean, who knows? We don't know. I mean, we have to see if he could play 50 games. Can he play 50 games? We don't know. So, based on that, they're kind of like Flyers past. I know the Flyers put out a, a press release saying, look at all these guys that are drafted that are in the lineup. Yeah, but a couple of those guys that you're putting in are flyers of the past. And at some point, Scott Lawton will be in that list too. And it's not because he's played badly. It's just inevitable. It's just that, you know, I hate to use that, that from angle. Well, that's game. the passage of time, right? Yes, but it is. It's inevitable. Oh, Thanos. Okay. I was like, where are you going with that? Yeah, yeah. Thanos. That is, that is a Thanos reference. Okay. I think that with all of this, right, we've emphasized we have to look at patterns and not individual games. We've said that. 
Um, I think there also is going to be a level of patience we'll have to have this season, which is really hard to do. I'm used to it, but I know I'm a weirdo. Like, yeah, I get it. In, in terms of having a coach like John Tortorella and understanding he has a long history of being a certain kind of coach. Um, and we dealt with this last year, too, right? That there there's a temptation to not be patient. This is a, a year of patience where you just have to deal with you know, some difficult games along the way, a lot of difficult games along the way. It's going to be a tough 82 games. And I think we just have to look at the bigger picture as much as possible here. Don't get bogged down in the weeds unless they start killing the whole lawn, as I like to right. say. No, and that's a good saying. I mean, in the end, for me, there's joy in watching some of the young guys grow and get better and just seeing that youthful enthusiasm and, and things like that. If those things occur on this team, even if they have a you know a bad record, it's okay. Like that's what is supposed to happen when you're in the position they're in. If for some reason the young guys are not having fun and the vets aren't having fun and it kind of gets gloomy and doomy, then you have to look at the coach and say, all right, you know, what are we doing here? We've got to sort of change things up. So that's where I think uh what we're looking at. Like that's I think that's what the management staff is going to have to evaluate aside from the players. Exactly. All right. Well, we have some of your mailbag questions, some of which relate to the future of the Flyers. So excited to get to those. And yeah, we will do that coming up next. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Have you ever wondered why you struggle sometimes? Therapy can help you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. It's super helpful for determining how to make decisions more effectively, learning positive coping skills, and how to set important boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself that isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma or a specific incident. Anyone can benefit. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNHL. All right. So I hinted at this mailbag talking about the future and Scott has a great question. Uh, we know many on the current team are not in the long-term plans for when they expect to be a contending team. Which of the players currently on the roster, including draft picks, do you expect to be on the team in, let's say, the 26-27 season? All right. So let me look at the roster here. Um, I would say 26-27, you know, Farabee will be there. I would say York is expected to be there. I would say, you know, the younger guys, you're hoping that Brink and Forrester, uh, Andre, those kinds of guys are there. Uh, I'm going to count Andre just because he's on that opening night roster. Uh, Frost for sure. Then after that, like, you know, Konecki's probably gone. Lawton's probably gone. Couturier will either age out or be traded by then because then his contract will be a lot more tradable. Cam yep. will be gone because, like I mentioned, Cam earlier in the show. And, you know, guys like Delorier, once their contracts are up, that's pretty much it for them. You know, Hathaway, same thing. So, like, that whole 
fourth line paling's probably not there. He's he's a short term solution. And so like, you know, a lot of these guys, to be honest. Yeah, I think I hope Noah Cates is around, but you know, I don't yeah, Cates too. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and then, you know, of the draft picks or other prospects, I certainly hope Jinning and uh, Ronnie Adderd are a part of the future. Jinning and Adderd will be there. I can't guarantee. Bonk will maybe be around. Bonk might be there at that point. I can't guarantee about Zamula. Uh, Barkley, I don't and know. And then Cutter Gautier. Yeah, Gautier will definitely be there. Uh, Kaplan, probably not yet. Bump, maybe. You know, that's that's probably, you know, Mitch Cop, obviously, you're hoping that that that, that time. Yeah. Tuamala, I don't have great hope for right this moment. So it's a mixed bag even, you know, while they have a lot of these prospects, they're not all going to hit folks. So, you you know, that's it's hard to, to figure out which ones may or may not. So, yeah, I think that's that's a good starting off point there. Um, a question from Tim, who will be in Columbus for nice. tomorrow night's game. That's a nice super place. Cool. You have to get used to the cannon. Once the first goal scores and the yeah. cannon goes off, then you kind of get used to it. There's also a Tim Hortons in the arena, which I love. Yes. So Tim wants to know, Russ is correct about the weakness of the power play. The coaching is the problem, not the personnel. We were just talking about this. Uh, even though we scored on the five on three versus the Islanders, I saw a little shot taking. My question about the power play is why don't the Flyers put their top scorers on the edge of the circle on the off wing for one timers? It's a great question. We talked about that like last year. They don't have a hammer. Like uh, I thought Farabee at some point would be that guy. I think Konechny could still be that guy. Uh, Cutter Goche will be that guy yeah. at some point. That's the guy that will be that guy. But until then, yeah, they need to have somebody set up shop there. Every team's got one. Doesn't mean that that's going to be the guy that scores every time the power plays out, but you should have that shot generator. Yeah, I was going to say Carter Gautier is going to be that guy oh, yeah. uh, for the Flyers. Um, you can just see it in his shot. It's yes. tremendous. So I'm very excited for that day to come. Um, but I think you know they should be starting to set up their system in a way that you can plug him in. Uh, yes. in the near future. I think that's something that's really important uh, in this year to develop in their power play. Uh, Josh wants to know, what does Travis Sanheim have to accomplish this season to be successful? Well, I think he still has to be on the plus side of the uh, of the ledger for plus minus. Even on a bad team, he's got to be a leader. So that's something that's been, you know, on and off with him in his Flyers career. I think he's got to get back to at least that 35-point mark, <laughs> maybe even more because you don't have Ivan Provorov, so maybe even 40. Uh, if he could do that, that's really successful. I'm setting the bar high because, you know, he's making more money now, and they're missing some offensive components on the blue line. He's going to have to make up the slack. Yeah, I think this is a huge year for him. Absolutely. I think that he also needs to just get out of his own head a little bit. Yes. I think that he needs to be able to recover from having a bad game or two a little bit better and just go back out there and do his thing. Because when he's on and can really set things up offensively, he is really good at it. And I, I think he just plays, when, when he has confidence, he plays so well. And I think that he can really contribute offensively on this team if he wants to. Um, he just has to get there and not get bogged down when he has like a terrible turnover, right? He has to. Yeah. He has to turn it around and, and, yeah. and shake it off a little better. 
Uh, Aaron wants to know, you've mentioned the possibility of trading Travis Konechny at the deadline. What circumstances do you keep him versus trade him? If he's injured. Otherwise, he's getting traded. Uh, he's the top commodity on, on other than Carter Hart on the team to possibly trade. Uh, not much time left on his deal. Not getting any younger. Has had some injury issues. So if he's healthy, I'm trading him. Yeah, I think I would I would put one asterisk to that in that if you feel like you're looking, you have done your job this season and you have a good sense of your prospects and and everybody and you're looking at the big picture as saying we don't have enough of a Travis Konechny type player in our system and we don't see anybody coming up the path that fits those roles for the next couple of years, then we consider keeping him. But I think that they should objectively know all these answers and they should be able to plug those holes that Travis Konechny fills. Sure, but then what? There's only one year There's only one year left on his deal after this, so that means you're keeping him for next year. Are you going with the same attitude next year or are you going to re-sign him? No, I just think you're further along in the rebuild. And I think that you just look at it slightly differently. Again, it's a small asterisk. Okay, but, gotcha. but I think that in most circumstances, like the chances of trading him are high unless you're really just getting nothing in return for him. Okay. Or some, like he has a bad year right. for some reason and you can't get much in return. Then maybe you keep him for another year to give him a chance to get the stats up. No, nope, that's fair. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. But that will do it for today's show. Thank you once again for listening. And if you want your question answered on our mailbag segment, make sure to get them in, uh, in uh, via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a fantastic day.